Ah, nice little intro there. The flight of the mystery. <laughs> the flight of the mystery. <laughs> Welcome once again to Pandora's Box, everybody. Not Pandora's. Well, yeah, Pandora's Box, yeah. but mystery mm. Mondays, more specifically. Oh my! I hope that you've had a good weekend. Um, we are here to ease the burden of a new working week mm. with mm. Mystery Mondays, so that you can feel extra mysterious and spooky, rather than focusing on all of your tedious tasks mm. that you have to fulfil in your life. <laughs> So yeah, thanks for being with us all today. Um, it's my turn. It's your turn, man. For a story turn. this week. I'm going to get some spooky ambiance on the go oh. before I get uh, balls deep the into today's baby. venture. 
Mysterious. Mm, as it is. Mysterious, <laughs> baby. How about this one? Oh. Oh. <laughs> sounded like a horn. <laughs> the horn of Gondor. The horn of Gondor is here. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. oh. Oh, 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 oh. That sounds good. Let yourself take a moment to immerse yourself mm. in the ambiance while I prepare today's story. Ah, prepared. Mm. So, I think it's important to mention, because I don't want to be done for plagiarism, that today's story is actually read directly from a book that is called Bedtime Stories, Volume 2, by Richard Weil and Simon Andrews, okay? Mm. So this is not my intellectual property, I am merely a tool, in in more ways than one, (laughs) um, but a vessel for today's Mm. tale, okay? so today's bedtime story. Yes, oh... (laughs) Maybe. <laughs> so this is the mystery of Jonathan Lovett. <gasps> this is a good one. Is it a real one or is it? Like yes, it's a real one. Oh, cool. This oh, is cool. a real story. Oh, when you got on the book, I almost thought it was. No, be like no, 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 no. Don't worry. We don't do well. We don't think we do fiction here. <laughs> I'm sure some of the tales have elements of fiction moved in. Have you ever told the tall tale? Have you ever told the tall tale? But no, all of these um, mysteries, obviously, that we do on Mystery Mondays, are supposedly true. Mm. Supposedly true stories. Make of them what you will. So yes, this is the, 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 the mystery of Jonathan Lovett. I love it already. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> The White Sands Missile Range is the largest military testing site in the United States. Situated in southern New Mexico, it was established in the early 1940s and has steadily expanded over time to cover an area of over 3,200 square miles, sprawling across the borders of five separate counties. During the Second World War, it played an integral role in the development of America's early nuclear weapons program, and in July of 1945, it was the site of the world's first live nuclear bomb test. In addition to its association with atomic weapons testing, the site was also the main location for America's post-war rocket technology experiments. As the fighting in mainland Europe came to its bloody and inevitable conclusion, captured German scientists and V-2 missile components were shipped directly back to White Sands as part of the secretive Project Paperclip. It has long been speculated on by conspiracy theorists what kinds of German wonder weapons and technologies were quietly relocated to the United States and how they were picked apart and improved upon in order to develop the everyday technology that we now take for granted. These suppositions about the work which has taken place at the White Sands facility are further strengthened by the unusually high number of UFO sightings in the region. Mm. New Mexico boasts one of the highest concentrations of reported UFO cases in the United States, including the notorious Roswell incident in 1947, as well as the Socorro encounter in 1964. I don't think I've heard of that Socorro Socorro. one, actually. No, I don't think I've heard of that. Mm. United States Air Force bases in the area have also been no stranger to these sightings, with several UFO incidents having been reported in and around the Kirkland Air Force Base in Albuquerque and White Sands itself. 
during the 1950s. Observers of the missile tests conducted at the facility would regularly report strange objects in the skies nearby, apparently tracking the progress of the weapons as they were launched. This in turn led to further speculation that the technology being applied to the testing was not solely the result of inducting German scientists into the missile program, but that they had also incorporated science and technology which had been recovered from the Roswell crash site. The high levels of security and the apparent clandestine involvement of the CIA have only served to further fuel these conspiracy theories, and one case which was leaked to the public in the early 1960s, has done nothing to assuage the somewhat supernatural undertones associated with the region. One chilly morning in March 1956, a search party consisting of two airmen was dispatched to the field situated south of the main White Sands testing area to locate any debris which might have fallen from our missile test carried out the previous evening. The men in question were Major William Cunningham and Sergeant Jonathan Lovett, both of whom were attached to the Air Force Missile Command, stationed at Holloman Air Force Base in nearby Alamangordo. Nice name. <laughs> the two men arrived at the location at approximately 300 hours. Dismounting from their jeep and with flashlights in hands, they trudged wearily to their designated search zone. It was a task they had both performed many times before, resulting in varying degrees of success and tedium. After a couple of minutes of pacing alongside each other, the two then separated, with Cunningham continuing to walk in a straight line, whilst Lovett disappeared over the crest of a nearby sand dune. The sergeant had not indicated to Cunningham where he was going, and his superior assumed it was most likely a call of nature. Zip. But when Lovett had still not returned several minutes later, Cunningham stopped what he was doing and retraced his steps back to where the two men had separated. It was at this point that he heard something which would chill him to the bone as the high-pitched scream of his subordinates suddenly pierced the night sky. It was a cry of what he described as pure anguish which reverberated out into the dark and empty fields which surrounded him. Fully aware that Lovett must have been in trouble, and assuming it was the result of a snake bite or some other form of animal attack, Cunningham sprinted over the top of the sand dune, only to be met with an unbelievable sight. About 30 feet from where he stood, reflected in the dim beam of his flashlight gripped tightly in his hand, Cunningham could see a mysterious metallic disc hovering approximately 20 feet above the ground. It was completely and eerily silent and resembled no vehicle or piece of military hardware that the Major had ever seen before in his life. Something was moving around the base of the object, writhing and flexing back and forth like a snake, and when Cunningham shone his torch beam onto it, he could see that it was a thick metallic cable of some sort. Another horrific scream snapped the bewildered officer back to reality, and when he then directed his torch towards the end of the cable, he was horrified to see that it was wrapped around one of Lovett's legs. The Air Force Sergeant was fighting with all his strength, kicking out and clawing with his hands in a desperate attempt to free himself from the thick metal flex that had wound around his leg. But his efforts seemed futile. Never get a copyright claim again by using <laughs> sound. Ad break! <laughs> Ad break! <laughs> <laughs> 
Back to the mystery. Back to the mystery. But his efforts seemed futile, and as Cunningham looked on in growing horror, the cable retracted at some speed, dragging the hapless airman along the rocky ground and then upwards towards the base of the disc. No. Frozen to the spot in terror, Cunningham watched helplessly as Lovett was pulled up into the base of the hovering craft. <gasps> the sergeant's eyes met his for a second, wild and desperately pleading for help, before he completely disappeared. There was what he described as a dull click, and then the disc silently shot up into the darkened skies above, completely vanishing. Struggling to make sense of what he had just witnessed, Cunningham tripped and stumbled his way back to the waiting jeep, and yelled into the radio that Lovett had been taken, and then aircraft was leaving the scene. Within moments, every available Air Force unit and resource was swarming towards the area, but all they found was the Major, crumpled on the ground, rocking back and forth in shock. And of Jonathan Lovett, there was no sign. Mm. The following day saw airmen combing every inch of ground in the vicinity of their apparent abduction site, but it was all to no avail. It was confirmed by staff on duty at the site control tower that on the evening of the incident, an unidentified radar contact had shown up on their instruments, but had been moving far too quickly for any possible action to be taken against it. This reminds me, do you know, that almost makes me think a bit like the Commander David Fravor thing, because that's almost like what he described. Cunningham was interrogated at length for three days, until news came in that a search party, operating approximately ten miles downrange from where Lovett had disappeared, had discovered the sergeant's body, or at least, what remained of it. Oh No. Yes. <laughs> 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 Lovett's remains had been horrifically mutilated in a manner which nobody involved in the subsequent investigation had ever counted, ever encountered before. A neat and tidy incision had been made from the tip of Lovett's jaw right around to the back of his larynx, with the airman's tongue and eyes, as well as significant portions of his jawbone, now missing. Interesting that he was mutilated, but it was still like quite tidy. Yeah. Like it was done by it almost like a surgical like it was done. Yeah, surgical. Yeah. Yes. His penis had been removed surgically, and the anus had been completely cored out. Uh, I don't even really know what they mean what? by cored out. Do you know what I mean? Like cored out. Yeah, I guess like yeah, like scooped right out. Oh. Scoop out that anus. <laughs> Seemingly with insanely exemplary surgical skill. The coroner's report also noted that there was no trace of vascular collapse or organ failure anywhere in the bottle. Anywhere in his bottle. In his body. Which was problematic, as there was not a single trace of blood left anywhere inside the cadaver. Other oddities were to be found in the report submitted by the officers charged with investigating the matter. At the location where the remains had been found, several carrion birds were also found dead having apparently expired when they had attempted to feast on the corpse. That's weird, like radiation or something. The body was also in surprisingly good condition, despite having been found in the open in one of the hottest and harshest environments in the entire of the, New in the, of the United States. Mm. With Lovett's body now recovered, Cunningham was arrested and charged with his murder. 
The case was presented to a tribunal, with military prosecutors alleging that the Major had murdered his subordinate, faked what? the abduction story and mutilated the body to take the blame away from himself. Unsurprisingly, it took little time for the court to reject this argument. Cunningham was released without charge and allowed to leave the Air Force a short time later. To this day, Jonathan Lovett's death remains completely unexplained. The United States government has maintained a firm and long-standing policy of not publicly commenting on alleged encounters between members of their armed forces and UFOs. From the mysterious Foo Fighters encountered by panicked bombers crews over mainland Europe during World War II, to the terrifying sightings at Rendleton Forest in England in the 1980s, time and time again the Pentagon refuses to be drawn into speculation about the existence of extraterrestrial life. In the case of the New Mexico sightings, the government may have been even ha, had even more reason to remain stubbornly silent on the story, wanting to preserve the secrecy and security around what was taking place at some of their most valuable military facilities. But given the lack of any other feasible or realistic explanation for what happened to Sergeant Lovett, and the similarity of this case to other alleged close encounters, their refusal to officially comment does little more than fuel further speculation. Incidents involving animal and livestock mutilations have been reported from around the world for decades, with the phenomenon having reached its peak during the mid-1970s. As transport and communication links have steadily improved over time, the cases have dropped sharply, but still take place with an intriguing and frustrating regularity. In the 1990s, several farms in Vancouver reported that their livestock had been attacked and mutilated by unknown assailants. Witnesses reported hearing an odd humming noise in the sky around the time of the incidents, mm. and one farmer even alleged to have seen a small humanoid figure fleeing the scene, holding a strange device in its hand. <laughs> <laughs> During the late 1970s, the US state of Idaho experienced a rash of unexplained cattle mutilations. Similar cases have been reported in Wales and the English county of Shropshire, as recently as 2012, I looked at Drew in startled bewilderment then because Drew's partner is from Shropshire. Hmm. And she's had some weird experiences, hasn't she? But not necessarily UFOs. Well, as long as, mm. Yeah, Cutting or UFOs. Not that she's aware of. <laughs> Thankfully, alleged attacks on human victims seem few and far between, but are, of course, much more disturbing in their nature. In 1979, two deer hunters in the Bliss and Jerome area of the state of Idaho stumbled across the naked body of a mut mutilated male victim. His lips and his sexual organs were missing, and his personal effects were eventually discovered several miles away, discarded in the middle of a field. The official police investigation into the matter concluded that the victim was a vagrant who had died from drunken misadventure, and whose remains had been in interfered with by animals after his death. But this explanation proved unsatisfactory for many people, including the two hunters who, remain, who discovered his remains. For unknown reasons, Brazil has always been a focal point for reported UFO incidents. Mm. In 1981, the Panorama region of the country was plagued by sightings of strange objects in the skies, referred to locally as Chupas. Chupa. One of these unidentified crafts was encountered by two young boys named Abel Boro and Vivamar Ferreira. It proceeded to direct a beam of superheated light at the two boys, which Ferreira managed to break free from and escape, but which Boro became trapped in. His body was recovered after his friend returned to the scene with the authorities, and it was found to be completely drained of blood. 
What? But again, with no signs of organ failure. Completely. Do you know how crazy that must be to like come up yeah. and gone? A body completely drained of all blood. Crazy, isn't it? Seven years later, in 1988, the remains of a middle-aged man were found by a young boy at the Billings Reservoir, often incorrectly cited as Gora Piranga in Sao Paulo. This was covered in our previous... Uh, yeah, this was covered in their previous um, volume, a chapter titled The Body of the Reservoir, in this book. As with the case of Lovett, the body had been horrifically mutilated, and yet local carrion and vermin had refused to feed on the corpse. A number of incisions had been made using advanced techniques and tools, which baffled investigators. The anus, jawbone, eyes and tongue had all been removed, but yet more procedures had also been carried out. The left ear and lips were also missing, and symmetrical holes of a two-inch diameter had been made either side of the victim's torso. <laughs> the internal organs, muscles and other tissues had all been removed via these tiny holes, to the extent that the victim's chest cavity had completely collapsed, as so much of the interior was now missing. Christ. Unlike the American government, the Brazilian authorities were desperate for any assistance with their case, publishing all their findings and photographs of the cadaver. In the coroner's report, they highlighted that there were no marks or injuries anywhere on the body to suggest that there had been a struggle of any kind. The edges of the wounds were found to be cauterized, as if made by a hot metal of some kind, and the symmetry and care taken to remove the organs indicated an extremely high level of surgical skill. There were no apparent motives for these mutilations or even benefits for anyone who might have carried them out. In the White Sands case, Major Cunningham was a highly trained and respected officer attached to one of the country's most sensitive and kept secret military projects. What reason would there have been for him to throw his career away by making up a story about alien contact? And if he was involved in Lovett's death, what could possibly have motivated him to carry out an attack on his colleague? And where did he acquire the skills to perform such insane surgical feats? Why has he not reoffended since, and why did he have no offence beforehand? It is quite clear that Cunningham had no part in the death of his colleague, but if not him, then who was it? Or what was it? Zeta Recticuli. <laughs> <laughs> the White Sands Missile Range is a highly secure area, controlled by the most powerful military in the entire world. Which individual, or rather group of individuals, would have the means to sneak into the most highly restricted area of the most powerful military in the world, kill a US officer, and then manage to evade capture without leaving a single shred of evidence of ever having been there? Zeta <laughs> <laughs> Whether Jonathan Lovett's attackers were extraterrestrial, or indeed more human in their origins, the manner of his abduction and subsequent murder is truly shocking. And yet all the evidence would suggest that he is only one victim in a much larger and sinister global scheme. Mm. One which has been visited upon mankind for at least half a century. Someone or something has an unhealthy interest in the organic life of this planet. They also have the technology and equipment to target and incapacitate test subjects whenever and wherever they choose seeming to lack the basic compassion or humanity to preserve the lives of their victims. And then it goes on to say, We share Jonathan Lovett's story in the hopes that it will continue to provoke questions and debate about incidents and occurrences such as these which governments are well aware of, but seemingly do little mm. to address. Mm. I heard a theory yeah. in my um, 
like investigation into UFOs and aliens. Drew's, like Drew's top secret investigation. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and like this theory was that you know you know how crazily quick, quickly our technology has advanced in the last like a hundred years. Yeah. So um, there was this theory that um, alien uh, life form had been in contact with the heads of like. Oh, um, the governments. There's the governments yeah. and everything in the world, and they like made a pact with them to um, to to release certain technology to the governments that would help the advancement of mankind, like, mankind and human civilization. But in return, they would be able to um, carry out some investigations on the human populace. And that almost sounds there's, there's yeah. that sounds a bit weird, like that, like yeah. almost like that they, they and. They were saying that a lot of the times the government aren't saying or doing anything because they've actually yeah, made yeah. like a pact a deal. With them and I guess it's not like, like it's not like even I could imagine in that in say in that scenario if that scenario was true let's just play devil's advocate and stuff actually that's not playing devil's advocate that's something different but um, devil's advocate is when you say the opposing side of the story mm-hmm. for a well-rounded case um, but yeah say if you go along with that way of thinking it's not even like it would be like a massive conspiracy in terms of like, it's not like all the government would know. I bet like three people in the entire of every country would know. And then basically everyone under that person, they basically just be like, top secret, none of your business. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like even like but they loads, give, it'd like, be this network. Like, like you can have 10 people a year or something. Yeah. To like or maybe not even that. Maybe mm. they wouldn't even ask that many questions. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, um, and I think as well, like especially because of the stories that we, we we've just heard, the mystery we've just heard, it's like it's really tempting to think that you know then whatever was doing this was like purely like evil and sinister. Mm. But I think it's important to remember that like there's lots of um, supposed, whether you believe it or not, like UFO and alien encounters where people have actually had like good. Uh, things happen to them but what i'm saying is that's actually almost quite like us as a, as a species so if it was like a species that was like similar to humans but more advanced what i'm saying is it's like you know so from from there are times when we do like atrocious things and there are times when we do very good things you know there are times when good samaritans just do lovely things for people with no benefit but there are also times i mean you know we've like driven certain animals to extinction um we might you know we do experiments on animals to see if there will um be like some medical benefit for humankind mm. you know like makeup testing mm. on like monkeys and stuff like to those animals that's horrific but to us we're just doing it for the pro- we just think we're doing it for the, for the progression betterment. of mm. of the you know us as a species and maybe even you could say the planet so um yeah all i'm saying is is like it's not like i necessarily even think from hearing those stories that they're like these evil creatures out there doing that it's almost just like yeah mm-hmm. it's just like that's the same way that human scientists work mm-hmm. you know sometimes you almost like do horrible things to like see what's going to happen or to like experiment to try and find out something or yeah but there was a there was another um, like uh, perspective and or theory, and it was like Dr. Stephen Greer. He said oh about yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And he he basically has like so much evidence of um, encounters with uh, extraterrestrials over his career. Yeah. Uh, lots of videos, lots of um, lots of information, um, and he basically is completely adamant that any extraterrestrial that he's ever been in contact with or that he you know any evidence that he has of extraterrestrial contract isn't um in any way ever detrimental to humanity so mm. he says like they will never like the the the, the contact that he's like had with mm. um 
these species and everything, it w- they will never do anything that's like like bad. And he says like the cattle mutilations mm. and the actual all that kind of stuff is actually um, human. Like it's like, like a red like, herring. Yeah, like mm. like um, so set up by like governments with or or, or shadow governments with like um, technology that we don't know about to basically push the propaganda of mm. um, aliens are bad. Yeah. This is what they're going to do to you because it's for them. It's it's like um, easier if people think that and they're in fear about aliens rather than actually not being in fear about them. Actually, kind of contacting them and then like bypassing the government's control of being in contact with them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, like he basically says, like you know, if you if you like meditate and connect with like uh, with your consciousness to like to like an extraterrestrial being. That's only going to be like positive for you. Like you're gonna, they're gonna give you an expanded state of awareness and and you know understanding about the universe that will help us get into the galactic family of like yeah. uh, uh, you know uh, beyond our Earth. Mm. Uh, but the governments don't want you to know that because they won't be in control of you mm. like then, if you know what I mean. Like that's his kind of stance for yeah. that. Yeah. And that's uh, that kind of makes sense to me as well a bit. But they're both pretty crazy. That's a bit like I guess <laughs> how like people in the past used like religion to basically. Yes, as like a fear tool, didn't they? Yeah, mate. Like for, for, for people. <laughs> yeah, mate. Damn, I picked a freaking background music because David had adverts. Chicken at KFC, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See if this one's better. Stop ruining. We'll, we'll have arms. to sign in on to mine so there's no adverts. Mm. Oh yeah, it must have been <laughs> it. We weren't on yours. Oh, oh damn it! Why aren't we on yours? Yeah. God dang it! Anyway, yeah. Crazy aliens. Mm. Yeah. That was a really good story. I like that yeah. there was really not a lot to pick out there. Normally, sometimes I feel like when when we hear a mystery, sometimes there's like a couple of things where we could be like, you know, yeah, that sounds a bit weird. I'm not sure how that works. But yeah. but there was stuff you said, and I was like, to be honest, from from the various different. Um, mm. What what's the word I'm looking for? Like, There's various different encounters there, isn't right, there? Of yeah. the people, the guy who you know called into. It's the radio. not like some redneck went into the forest, said he saw a bigfoot, yeah. and that's it. Exactly. In yeah. the army, still. yeah, and like a sergeant literally mm. like temporarily disappeared, mm. and then just got found like weirdly mutilated, but like in a, in, in a way that would almost Such be like precise. Precision. Even mm. for like the mm. best surgeons on earth, would still be like exemplary work. Mm. Like that's a bit mm. mad, isn't it? And then like the people that were on the radar that then yeah, saw that this, they like, saw object like object come through, but it was moving so quick and they're like ah, oh, that can't be anything. And as they said, like near the end as well, it's like what sort of person could casually gain access to the most secure military like top secret military base of the best military on the entire planet mm. the united states military get access to the base and completely unseen uh, basically then find a, a united states officer not only like you know subdue him which i guess like, by the average person's mm. standards i guess this guy was probably pretty hard you know he must have done mm. a lot of military training to be like a, a military officer and then be put in a situation where you're like guarding one of the top secret military bases in the mm. world um he probably was armed mm. you got to subdue that person with no signs of like trauma or anything like that and then just like this weird surgical mutilation no sign of like the actual tissue or the organs and everything and then they then that person would have to get out of the military facility somehow mm. i guess the hawari must have like eventually must be like gated with barbed wires mm. and everything and have like cctv and mm. like guards and stuff it's interesting as well it almost makes you think how how powerful and strong must this force mm. be for them to just do that you'd think if, yeah. if they were going to pick someone you wouldn't go to like 
the hardest military base unless it was almost like a that's what make, that's what almost makes me think maybe it would be it would something like the government were, were yeah. like in on as in like yeah, yeah you can you can have some of our mm. our army people because they're like almost more owned mm. by this guy's yeah. about know. to retire anyway we'll yeah. send them off to the aliens it does seem a bit weird about the um the like the thing wrapped around his leg and stuff mm. like that seemed a bit basic to yeah me. to me i thought that like, as well like you'd almost think like um like beat me up scotty yeah 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 like literally like a, a weird like metal like almost like yeah. an indiana jones <laughs> yeah. when he's like <laughs> with his whip. by the leg and he's like, yeah, like yeah. dragging him, Pulling him up. yeah yeah i thought that seemed a bit like rudimentary i was picturing like a mm. doctor octopus yeah that's what i was i was flailing around i was picturing like the same sort of thing yeah like almost like just like coiled around the leg it seems a bit like yeah a bit overly simplistic for this species that can like have this like flight like this soundless hovering object mm. that's like so fast that like the radar can just about pick it up but like no one can intercept it it's like seems a bit weird mm. it's making me think of um the bob lazar thing as well like mm. where he was um on the bases i don't know if it was the same bases that yeah i was thinking it might that. have been yeah I, I swear this is something about paperclip like that it was, yeah like, it was it was joined yeah. onto it or something it was like a, yeah. a part of that whole kind of thing but um like he was saying they were basically back engineering um, yeah uh, yeah. like you know Militar alien early craft crafts, yeah. and trying to figure out the technology for themselves and that they were actually flying some of them and stuff oh, like that imagine, so like, they did that to their yeah. own personnel yeah that'd be pretty horrible wouldn't it as almost like a test to see if they could get away with it yeah mm. it's crazy yeah testing if they would have been picked up on the radar and stuff yeah crazy. and it's weird that we can like create submarines now mm. that can't be picked up from radar yeah, yeah. Mm. these like alien craft can you know, you'd think they would have some kind of technology. Yeah, but it's, it's funny though, isn't it? Because they've only been able to be pick them up in the last couple of years. Because I remember, um, I can't remember if it was David Fravor or somebody else's story, like another Air Force pilot. But they said that it was like when they last upgraded their airplanes. Oh, okay. So apparently, like it was like they never had any. Like they you know people would say they saw things and stuff. But they were never actually on the military equipment. Mm -hmm. And then they upgraded their planes from like the ones that were last, you know, from like the last model up to the latest model. It had all this like state of the art. And that's when they started mm. seeing stuff like every now and again on the radar. And I it was like way more, more advanced. Because like, that he was, was like quite a few years ago now, wasn't mm. it? Like, I wonder how much um, like radar technology has yeah. even advanced since then. Well, I think it's quite a long period in between, say, when um, Air Force planes get updated. Obviously, it varies upon the country and stuff. It mm. depends on like the, the wealth of the country and stuff. But like, I know that some... Um, I know that some countries to this day um, have, have like airplanes, like, you know, military, like air forces, like planes that like by say like the US and the UK standards would be like 40 years old. Whoa, that's you know? crazy. I wonder if like, yeah, say like USA and stuff like have like an R&D department and they've got like one plane that's just literally like state of the oh, art. Oh, I everything. bet they do, I bet they do. I, I guarantee do. there's yeah. so much like tech that we have no oh, clue yeah, even yeah. exists. Like so much more advanced that we yeah, can Yeah, I find that really interesting to think of like, yeah, yeah all, the, all the tech that they actually have. I think like um because I, I can't remember what decade it was that like say like the the USSR, like the Soviet Union made MIGs, um but I think it was like the sixties or something like that. But MIG. they what's MIG? It's like their plane. It's like oh, their okay. Air Force plane. Um, I think in UK we are up to date ones. I think they're called like I think they're called Typhoon jets. All oh, right. 
And then, oh, what are the ones in well, America? Do you remember, what about like, that Stealth Bomber, the black one? Yeah. Like, that was, that was crazy, cool, wasn't it? it? Yeah, that's cool, those Stealth Bombers, yeah. Because that used to be considered like a myth. Like a couple of people would claim yeah. to have seen them and stuff. Yeah. And we were like, no. And then it just came in the military. We we're like, no, actually, yeah, we've got this stealth bomber that's just basically invisible. Mm. <laughs> and everyone was that's like, so oh, cool. whoa. Because before that, people were like, yeah, people had claimed to have seen weird things mm. in the sky. And then the, the governments had just like denied it. And then they came out one day and they're like, yeah, actually, yeah, we have these stealth bombers. Even yeah. like with mirrors, what they can do to make things invisible. Like that mm. that, that city, that, that was it called the line or something that's been oh, built yeah. in Saudi Arabia. Just got a, basically yeah. just a mirror. Literally just all yeah. mirrored. So it just looks like it mm. just reflects all the sky. Like I can imagine with yeah. planes, you could do that as well. Like or making like, them all like. Like they do in, in Marvel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They do that, yeah, with the aircraft carriers. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, oh. the flying fortresses, I think they call them. <laughs> yeah, so they look like aircraft carriers, but then they can, like, take off into the sky as well, and then they're called flying fortresses, and they go invisible, because it's basically just mirrors all around mm. it. So all people see is, like, the sky and the, yeah. and the clouds. Yeah. But it's like, it's almost like, you know, if you ever go into, like, a room, and, like, all the walls are, like, mirrors, even that's a bit trippy, isn't it? Yeah. Because mm, it's, like, almost like, like a sensory... Yeah, it's, like, a sensory like, overload. Yeah. You can just see like a million news just going like back as mirror, far as the um, eye can see until it's just like a dot. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Mm. It's like in Stranger Things, isn't it? Is it season three when like, there's that big Russian dude? Oh, and Hopper's yeah, fighting yeah, him yeah, and they yeah, go yeah, into yeah. the fairground. Like, I was just thinking, I was like, I've seen this on a TV series, <laughs> some of it, and, and then you literally brought it up. And that's when Hopper gets the best of him, isn't it? Because he yeah. like goes to shoot what he thinks Hopper, and it just goes to the glass, and then Hopper comes out and he's like... Yeah. And he thinks he's killed him, and then the guy had the bulletproof vest on, unfortunately. But yeah, nah, it's cool. Hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, so with this with this case, one of the things I like about it, it's a little bit like, um, sorry to bring it up, because I know it probably brings you some trauma, Drew, but the mysterious case of Peter Gibbs. Um, <laughs> Peter Gibbs! <laughs> um, it's like one of those things where it's like, whatever way you come at it, it's like, whatever, ha- it's not like, you can't really put your finger on exactly what happened, mm. but it's like, regardless of what actually happened, it's really weird. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's one of the things I think is cool about these sort of cases. It's like even if it was like some weird human that managed to mm. somehow infiltrate, like that's that's still mental. I love a good old eye account of something as well. Yeah, so like mm. he actually saw him yeah. and this disc and stuff like, and I, the radar corroborated that there was something yes. on the radar. Yeah, that's then, when I, for me I was yeah. like, that's really cool that they then corroborated that they could see this on the radar and everything. Yeah, and then mm. like disappeared for like a day, but then turned up in a different location mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? It's like. It's making me want to do some more like UFO spotting, like going Let's go out UFO and hunting. Just, like, literally like keeping a good eye out. Pandora's <laughs> box does UFO hunting. I reckon in time we should do like some cool stuff like that, like go yeah. to some re- yeah, yeah we said didn't we like go to some real haunted in. places, yeah. shout into the sky, try yeah. and you know get some aliens. I'll track down <laughs> that that um, UFO that I saw a couple of weeks back. I'll mm. find it again. Come on, then. <laughs> <laughs> come on, have a go if you think you're on. <laughs> Have you seen like what in in like South America in one of like the Andes Mountains? There's this location. I can't remember what the mountain's called, but I think Danny Dyer did like a, a show <laughs> on it. Oh, you're fucking mad! <laughs> and he went down, and he actually got it on video. And like, there's this mountain. It's, it's called Mount Shasta or something. Oh. And it's like um, there's this mountain. It might be the Himalayas or something like that. But um you see UFOs going into the mountain and people can you can actually go what? and like watch it and people like see fucking UFOs that is crazy and they yeah. actually like go and they say that this like, Mount Shasta is like a portal or something like to like inner earth or something like that Whoa. that's like crazy but yeah I remember seeing this like video of it and you can see these lights and stuff and it's like Whoa. I'd love to go somewhere Whoa. like that I remember there was a flip trick song as well where he talks about being in the, um, he talks about being in like Switzerland or something and like in the Alps and just and like and like seeing 
this UFO there and his whole rap is like about the story of it and I'm always like oh, I hope that's true because it's yeah. so mm. cool <laughs> yeah that is cool man that is cool yeah let's go UFO hunting guys yeah, UFO man. hunting with our tinfoil hats on yeah yeah. any sort of like yeah encrypteds as well yeah. cryptids mm. the undead but you ought to go to Randlesham Forest that's the one that's um yeah it's in the UK yeah, yeah it's in England in the UK yeah, yeah. I think it's like uh, I, I want to say it's like maybe near the east coast. Like yeah, I, I, th- yeah, I think you are right. Where did yeah. they say what county it was? And also, they said Shropshire is like a big hotspot for it. There's um, in Wiltshire where I'm now. Like it's that's like the the capital of um, of uh, crop circles as well. Like and it's just, no it's really annoying. Like this year, this summer, like because I'm surrounded by so many fields of just like yeah. barley, wheat, all that kind of stuff. Like. Um, they do they, they they're like there's these crazy crop circles that just like turn up in these farmers fields and stuff like all around that area of the uk and you can go on like you you know kind of ufo hunter or whatever yeah and um it'll show the new ones come up and some of them are so complicated and they actually rather than just being like like kind of put down mm. all of the um all of like the uh, the wheat is like almost like twizzled round each other in this pattern that doesn't actually kill it. Mm. So it so it like forms and it kind of like um, indents down compared to the rest of the wheat that's standing up. But it's like moved around each other and it's done in a certain way that it can still grow and it doesn't die. And also like they say like yeah like the radiation and everything like in those areas you can go and kind of measure it. it's like way heightened and everything. Mm. So I always thought it'd be so cool to actually go and stand in one and just see what the energy feels like of it. Mm. Just like if you can like feel this weirdness or anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool, yeah. Man. That'd be cool. <laughs> anyway, anything anybody else wants to add? When the UFO <laughs> enters the sky. Don't ask why. <laughs> Don't ask why. Let's go with the baby. Just fry. fly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just fly. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, that was our mystery for this Monday. Mm. We hope that you've enjoyed it. And until uh, next week, stay safe. Try not to get abducted by aliens or mm. abducted by any strange creature of the darkness. And we shall see you next time. Stay mysterious. Mm-hmm. <laughs>